Hello and welcome to a new series of interviews with global leaders and changemakers uh, for citiesabc.com. Uh, this citiesabc.com is a new smart wiki cities digital platform for reinventing and uniting cities, universities and citizens. And we are focusing in getting the best people in the world that are changing technology, changing cities, changing countries. And as well, coming up with the solutions that we need might be with technology um, in different areas from digital transformation to uh, IoT to artificial intelligence. And of course, areas like cybersecurity and a lot of other things that are critical for our time. Today, we have with, with us uh, Kai Grunwitz. And Kai is a very high profile um, personality in the technology industry that has been having roles in multiple companies worldwide. Uh, right now working and being the director for Germany for NTT, a big company focused on digital uh, infrastructure and as well digital transformation infrastructure and intelligence. And as well in the past, he's been working with the likes of Oracle, Sun, Microsystems and a lot of other companies. Welcome to our series, Kai. Hey, Dennis, uh, thanks a lot for inviting me and it's a pleasure being here today with you and doing this interview. Um, you already flagged a lot of things and um, I did in the past and we will touch base on that. I'm, for sure, uh, I'm sure about that in, in, the, in the flow of the conversation. Um, in general, I really like the idea of these type of interviews to share experience and ideas and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation today with you here. And, um, I'm I'm now a while in the business and I have done a couple of interviews. This is a, a new experience in that format, so I'm really I'm really interested how how it will work out for for, for us at the end. No, it's, so, a, it's a, no, a pleasure and honor, and I think it's exciting for us as well. We are doing this digital, which we work in digital technology, but I think it's particularly interesting as well. And I think that probably I will start by questions related with that, but I would like to. So as someone that has been in the industry for some time, and as well, someone that has been working in very leadership positions, I would like to start by uh, your profile, where you're coming mm -hmm. from. You are joining us from Germany. And the German, of course, is one of the powerhouses in technology in the world, but as well, um, been probably not known for a lot of things that are happening there. So first of all, your background and profile yep. education as well. Sure. So, so you, you're right. I, I just did the math in the background while, while you introduced me. It's nearly 30 years now I'm, I'm in the IT industry. Um, after finishing my university, I studied at, um, at the University of Mannheim and I a kind of master of business administration at the German Diplom Kaufmann at that time. I, I don't know a good translation for that. Um, with a strong focus on um, development of organizations, marketing, psychology, and other things. So I'm not a, a, a typical IT, um, uh, with a typical IT background, but I started my professional career directly in the, in the IT business um, after finishing university. At that time, we still had the old style um, mainframe type of IT environments. Uh, it was a little bit scary at that time to, to think about technology and and um, I just remember that we don't, <laughs> we had no mobiles, nothing, no emails at that time when we started. So it's a long time. I feel like a dinosaur it's to a certain degree. And um, after university, I started directly in the IT and I learned the, my ropes from scratch, you know, with um, 
how do you work through the OSE model and all the things and um, and how to build um, complex and interesting solutions that improve the the business performance of the companies at that time. Um, so we, I started in a sales role at that time. That was pretty interesting. We started with the first SAP project, that, uh, and then um, I was co-owner of a consulting company for a while, and we focused on data center optimization, um, how to run efficient data centers, how to um, move them from mainframe to open systems. We had the dream at that time to shut down the mainframe for a while because we have been so addicted to the Unix environment that we thought, okay, we can replace all the stuff. Um, it was a pure consulting play in Germany. We worked for large scale clients uh, all, across, uh, all around Germany. And um, we did a lot of this stuff to talk about um, high availability, um, disaster recovery, we talked about service level management implementation, but also operational excellence in the data center uh, around Unix systems at that time. Um, we sold on the company later on and I joined Sun Microsystems, which was an exciting time. Um, Sun was one of the companies um, so, so passionate about technology and innovation that really built a kind of um, culture across the company which was pretty unique at that time uh, so it was a great experience and being part of that organization and um, afterwards i joined oracle through the sun acquisition uh, more or less because i followed the the the, um, the the acquisition so i moved from sun microsystem to oracle and run the oracle consulting in northern europe for a while um, and i was member of the german management board at oracle um, and here we covered everything from the silicon to the application, you know, from the infrastructure um, systems up to the application ERP and cloud projects. That was the beginning of the cloud transformation, which was a nice challenge for all of us at that time. And, um, and after leaving Oracle, I joined Entity Security and I spent five years mainly in cybersecurity. Um, and I was the um, SVP for, for, um, entity security at that time in Europe. So I really drove the strategy of cybersecurity in Europe. Uh, and also, it was always my intention to move away from the traditional way to think in infrastructure, to think in data, to think in applications, and think in transformation, because cybersecurity is a backbone of the digital transformation. We really try to be on top of all the transformational security topics um from day one and it, it really worked out fantastic and we built a, a great collaboration with, with companies across the globe and um, we have created a lot of um interesting things around detecting threats and others but we can touch base on that later and now for one year nearly one year now um entity has asked me to run the business here in germany for entity limited to drive the digital transformation, digital infrastructures, including cybersecurity, it's still part of our, our portfolio. And honestly, I don't want to miss it because it's an exciting part of the business. Um, but we should not put security in the front. For me, it's more something that it has to be uh, run in the back end as an embedded, where we talk of a security by design to enable the digital transformation. It's, it's so relevant. Digital transformation will fail without security. But um, at the end, we want to create services that create values for the companies, for societies and people, and they have to be secure. So security is part of our integrated um, uh, DNA and my integrated DNA. 
because um, it's it's something we really focus on. So that's that's in a in a short run, my professional background, and um, I'm I'm pretty pretty passionate about digital transformation, about technologies supporting the digital transformation, and therefore. Um, you, you have a strong focus on smart cities and the development of cities, development societies. So it, it's a good fit to, to have this conversation today here. So um, before I go to NTT and the, the different areas, which I have a lot of questions, I would like to ask one thing I think very few people are touching. So when you look at uh, executive German executives, you have always a scientific and academic background quite strong. There's always a master, PhD, and stuff yeah. like that. I would like to to highlight that for our audience because if you go outside of Germany, that doesn't happen. I think I've been working probably all the countries in the planet or most of that, and you have that uniqueness. Can you just on your background? I, I think it would be quite interesting to probably for our audience. We have people from all over the world to explain mm -hmm. that uniqueness that you have between the academy, the research, and then the, the business in Germany, which I think it's interesting to explain as well your background. Oh yeah. So it's it, it, it's first of all it's it's very tied together all the components um, in in Germany we we strongly believe in engineering we are an engineering country uh, which is by the way a coincidence with Japan so that's um, cultural wise we're pretty pretty close in that uh, in that sense so for us in Germany we have a um, uh, an education system which is is pretty strict and pretty um, focused on uh, on engineering and on creating uh, an education for the young people, which enable them to, to be successful in various um, scientific, but also business areas. So for us, um, the, the university education is, is pretty high. I think I don't have the latest percentage of people uh, finishing universities in Germany, but it's pretty high. Sorry, I don't have the number at hand. No yeah. And it, it's, it's a... Um, I have three kids and they all think about what, what I will do at university. It's a normal approach in the mindset in Germany to think about, I need to have a, a very good education um, to be prepared for the business, for the jobs, etc. So um, it's, in our, it's in our DNA in Germany, that's the truth. And a lot of people finish university, especially if you move in technology roles. But it's also important for me to mention that a lot of people go in a second um, education um, path and do that later and don't do that in the first run. We have a lot of people who are finished school, start to work, and then return to university and do uh, um, uh, build their education level on a, on a second in a second path. So, um, from my perspective, education is one strong pillar of the German market, but on the other hand is also the appetite of lifelong learning. A lot of people want to learn, to develop themselves continuously. And um, I think that's, a, that's another important point because sometimes the, the um, or not sometimes, I strongly believe that the, um, the passion and the um, interest and the motivation is as important as the education because we, you have a lot of people worldwide, but also in Germany, who, have, who are super, super strong in the technical area or in any area of expertise, but they have not finished university, maybe not in the first round, maybe in a second round. So for me, is the attitude is as important as the education. Um, and that's also value in, in, uh, valid for Germany. Because
because also in Germany, we have a lot of people with a strong attitude. They finished a university in one area and expertise, and they ended up in something completely different. Look at me, I'm, I'm from the business side and I ended up in the pure IT world. So it's, uh, it, it changed. Um, but, but for us, the, the collaboration of the um, universities, the, um, the, po uh, the politics, but also the, the, the business is pretty tight. You have a lot of um, mixed, um, mixed groups of people coming together and discussing the future, the direction. You have a lot of exchange in all directions. And I think that that's an area that really makes our system pretty strong. The collaboration from the business, from the, from the um, education and research, but as well um, the, the, the politics and government. And I think we are we are on a good track here, and um, and and that that helps us also to be always on top of new technologies. Okay, a lot of people would say Germany is not leading edge in artificial intelligence at the moment. For example, um, U.S. and China are moving ahead, but if you look at the European market, and Germany is is, is a strong player in Europe. If you look at what we do in Europe to close the gap you see that there are a lot of investment in Germany also in these leading edge technologies. We are always on top on OT. We are always focusing on, on, on um, engineering around um, um, not only cars, but other areas. So I think we are still leading edge in a lot of areas. We have maybe lost a little bit the, the um, attractiveness for some young companies to being built in Germany. For a while, but that's changed now. We see more and more companies being founded in Germany, in Berlin, in in other areas, in Munich areas, etc. To 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 invest in, yeah, artificial intelligence, blockchain solutions, smart applications. How we can use data to to build smart agriculture and other solutions. So you see this this kind of entrepreneurship is is getting back into the country, which makes me pretty pretty happy about what I see in Germany. And this would not happen without the, the universities and the research centers working hand in hand with the business. And um, so there's a lot of passion about that in Germany. Uh, I agree. And uh, it's also fun. It's also important. People, people enjoy knowledge, um, reading knowledge and all the things. So interesting part. So, Sorry for the long answer. No, 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 no. It's that's uh, that's amazing, and I think it's important. This is a, a long-term interview. So uh, I think, in terms of uh, picking right now with your background and as well your position, NTT. So can you? Um, NTT is not so well known as Oracle or or Sun Systems. Can you tell us a bit about NTT, the company, uh, the growth as well? Because I think it's interesting to demystify. Normally, you only talk about some companies, but oh, yes. other companies that are quite big. Like so, so I think entity is a is sometimes I call it a, a hidden joint. We're around. Um, I, I make the round numbers. I don't do a company presentation now, but we are around three hundred thousand people worldwide. Um, it's a Japanese telecom. Um, it's uh, we have a legacy of one hundred twenty years. We are, have a history of one hundred twenty years, um, and we are. Um, one of the largest IT and telecommunication pro, uh, telecommunications provider worldwide. Um, I'm working in Entity Limited, which is the IT part um, for the digital infrastructure. As I said, we're around 45,000 people worldwide and more than 
uh, 1,500 in Germany. So just to give you some, some numbers on that, um, overall, um, the revenue, to give you an idea, the revenue for, for um, entity is around $105 billion per year. So pretty significant. Um, but what is for me a very impressive number, if, I, if we talk about entity, is the, is the strong focus on, on um, R&D as well. Because entity is approximately investing $3.6 billion per year in R&D to develop new solutions around augmented reality, around, um, around uh, smart connectivities, around um, connected driving, uh, con uh, robotics, artificial intelligence, blockchain, everything. We are invest in a lot of things. And like, like you do with R&D departments, sometimes you invest in smart ideas and you will never become productized. And in other areas, we create smart solutions to, to we can incorporate in our, in our uh, overall solutions. So Entity is an, is an innovative company and um, helping the, comp uh, the, 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 the society to become digital to work in a secure digital environment is one of our key areas um, we, we, we focus on. And we have, at the end, in a nutshell, we have four or five pillars. We have the digital infrastructure layer, which means we also provide data centers. We also have own data centers, a lot of data centers worldwide. Sometimes we call ourselves home to the cloud because we have so many data centers. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's fantastic. And um, we also have the, uh, the digital infrastructure. Of course, we are networking companies. We have own networks. We have own, uh, we are, uh, we have own overseas cablings and other things. So we are, we are a level one carrier here. And also we have the, the, the topics about cybersecurity. We have the topics about um, customer experience and digital experience collaboration. It's more important than ever nowadays, how to collaborate in the world of a pandemic. Um, it's a it's a new challenge, and we are we're supporting a lot of clients in that area. And last but not least, we call it intelligent business, which is all about innovations. It's about how we create the the solutions uh, for the uh, society 5.0, or how I call it in some areas in Japan. We talk about society 5.0. You know, we have the in, a lot of companies, a lot of countries talk about industrialization, industry 4.0. Um, I prefer the word 5.0 on the society because it's more create value for the society instead of only focusing on the technology. A lot of people think about in technologies. I think we need to, uh, to act in a different way. We have a responsibility as a company as well to create technologies that create value for the society, to create values um, for, for, the, for the people and not only for the company. And that's a strong belief of entity. We have a social responsibility um, to create technology that makes the world a better place. So um, I'm, it's a pretty, pretty proud history. And it's also, we have a clear vision that we want to be the partner for, our for, for other companies on the digital transformation. And um, I think that uh, it, it's a good place to be with entity because we combine tradition, this, vision and that's something um not a lot of companies can say nowadays so i'm i'm pr pretty happy with the with, with the entity position now
That's quite amazing. So I, I want to touch one part, not going to geopolitics, it's quite interesting because uh, you are a German and uh, a leader, German leader, and you're working for a big uh, Japanese company. And if you look at the world at the moment, you have a, a, a kind of a dichotomy or at least a, a division between US and China. So it's a quite interesting to contrapose mm -hmm. to a completely different vision. And as well, that vision is becoming increasingly geopolitical and not the most positive one, especially from the US leadership. But uh, if you look at um, what you just said about Society 5.0 and as well that vision of tradition, but as well in power society, which is very different from the narratives we have, at least mainstream. Can you elaborate on that? Because I think it's really very important, um, and as well, more important than ever, especially to, to face the challenge we are uh, having right now. But uh, particularly interesting from the angle of German as one of the, the leading global economies and technology powerhouses and engineering, and as well Japan, which is kind of two of the biggest economies, precisely after the US and China. So can you tell us about on that level, and as well, that narrative that is very different from what you see, at least in the mainstream? Yeah, we have two, two things. First of all, Japan and Germany and also Europe and Japan. We have, um, we have signed last year the Japanese-European trade um, agreement, uh, which is important for us because, as you said correctly, we have the US and, Jap uh, and China as dominating um, industries globally. And for, for us, it's important that we demonstrate with that agreement also that um, protectionism and nationalism is not the only way nowadays it's also we still can work in a with sharing values and sharing uh, objectives across the globe and working in a, in, in a in a collaborative way which is a very important thing for me as well um, for me personal it's important to think as a global citizen and do the right things uh, always you have to combine business decisions with the with the ethical thinking and the responsibility we have for the for the future uh, society, so that's a very important point. And in Japan and Germany, for example, just to bring that together, we have similar challenges. We have an aging society. We need technology to overcome some of these challenges. We have um, we have a, 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 an engineer-driven industry which is a little bit lagging behind the, the China and, and, and uh, US. But um, it's even more important then to collaborate, to close the gap on that area. I, I made the example of artificial intelligence before. It's just one component. It's robotics. It's driving. In Japan, you see, for example, um, in the car, they go for the um, uh, hydro, uh, hydro energy. I don't know how it's called. Uh, sorry, I'm struggling with the word at the moment. Not for the electric cars only, like in the US, we go for different engineering uh, solutions. In, the, in, in Germany, we also think, should we go electric? Should we do, go in, in hydro energy? Or should we go into um, traditional combustion with smarter engines, etc.? How to combine things to be sustainable on the other hand as well. So we also think about not only monodirectional, we really have to be open and think about how we can design technology that really creates a value. And um, working in, this, in these two countries, it's a little bit, um, it feels like, it feels comfortable for me. It's a different, it's different culture, of course, culture-wise, Japan and Germany are far away from each other in some areas. But on the other, from the mindset and the, uh, how, we, uh, how we want to address 
business and, and, and technology, we're pretty comparable. And we all have to overcome the, 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 the challenges we see with the digital, uh, digitization, with the aging society, and how we get these, um, the, the, the passion in the society behind the technology um, which is driving digital transformation. Because one key challenge with digital transformation in Germany, and to a certain degree also in Japan, but I prefer to speak about Germany, is um, that a lot of people don't trust technology. They don't believe that the technology will create a benefit for themselves. I always speak about a separation of society. Part of the people are excited about the technology, are excited about the uh, potential of the technologies, while on the other hand, we have 50% of the society which is just concerned, concerned about their future, their jobs, uh, because some of the jobs will not be there anymore because they will, will be not needed if you automate more, if you go into robotics, if you use artificial intelligence for some part of the jobs. So they have to re-educate themselves to be ready for the, for the future market. So um, there's a lot of concern. Also, what will happen with all the data? We talked about, we, um, we, we nowadays have with the COVID-19 discussion, should we use the app to track who's contacted whom? Good point from a health perspective. On the other hand, if you talk about the, the data protection, how visible I want to be as a person. And in Germany, we have, we, we have a tradition of real, being very rigid about data protection. We own our data. You know, with GDPR, we have moved in that direction. So we see this, this, this aspect, which is pretty important for us in, in Germany. And um, working for a Japanese company, that was the initial question, is for me, it feels very comfortable because we, we, say we share similar values. We have similar challenges in the business and in the society. So it's for me um, an, an important point. We also try to bridge Japan and German uh, engineering quite often. We go in co-innovations with clients. We do co-develop with, with, with our research centers sometimes. We also um, work on the, uh, with politicians and other companies to, to uh, foster the uh, knowledge exchange, Japan and Germany, and also to, um, to, to, have, um, to build platforms where we can meet and greet and um, share what is good in Japan, what's good in Germany, how to bring that together. So for me, it's a perfect place uh, from that side. And um, it's, a, it's an interesting journey. We, we are going hand in hand, more or less, Japan and Germany on that journey. But it's a little bit under the radar because a lot of people talk about China and, uh, and US and forget the rest. Uh, it's a very good point. So, so going right now into detail and some of the DNA of the entities, something that I like researching about the company and about your work is, uh, is precisely what you said, Shal, can we accelerate digital business transformation with business uh, or the intelligent business and secure by design? And one of the things that you mentioned is three areas that I particularly like. So intelligent business, intelligence workplace, and intelligence infrastructure. So could you highlight that? Because I think that's critical and I think we need to demystify and look at that in a, a 360 degrees, which we were talk, talking before. So, so first of all, digital, uh, digital transformation 
has one component no one talks about, and that's what I said before, it's a people. You will fail without winning the heart of the people in the company, in society. And um, so therefore, what I said before, the, the, we have to, to take the, the concerns serious and also um, not only run in a technocentric approach, but also focus on building the processes and, uh, and, the, and the environment for the people to feel comfortable. That's, that's another important point before I touch base on the technology side. Um, having said that, um, if you run a transformation in the company, never forget the people. That's a big, big, big advice. A lot of people work with uh, implemented technology and they wonder why the transformation is not happening um, like a magic thing and you, you have a magic wand and you use a new technology and the digitization happens. It will not work. If you don't, if you're not adjust your business model, if you do not question and challenge your existing business model, it will not work. It's the same for, for, for other things in the governmental sector. You cannot just apply a new application and the digitalization will happen. Um, now for this for the areas um, the, the 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 digital infrastructure or the intelligent infrastructure is changing nowadays we are not in static environments anymore we have to think in how we can create an agile environment that supports the the the, the changing demands we see in a digital environment it's it's um, we have the cloudization which happens it started slow but we are accelerating and um, even in countries like Germany, where we have been slow in the adoption rates now, we see more and more cloud uh, environments becoming popular, but not always public clouds, quite often in hybrid cloud environments where you combine the, the, these areas. On the other hand, we also see um, the same stuff applies on the, on the WAN environment, software-defined WAN, automated, uh, automation is key in that area. We're moving away from infrastructure, which is, is really um, uh, defined and, uh, and, and um, fixed. We need and we are moving in the direction of agile environments here, cloud environments, and um, also uh, software-defined networks um, here really to, to get the flexibility we need in our day-to-day -day life to respond to new challenges, which is, um, for me, uh, the key on the intelligent business to really become intelligent. Sometimes we, we think we have a solution which is adaptable and scalable, but at the end it's, it's not. You need new boxes and new, um, new devices as soon as you have a new business challenge. Here we see the, the, the trend going in the direction of more agile, more, 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 more managed, more automation behind that to really be, be, be um, yeah, resilient um uh, to the to the different um, um demands so that's that's an important point for us here to to focus on and for me um on the on the um on the other items intelligent cyber security um or intelligence is it cyber security intelligence it, you can question what is what does intelligent means it's for me it's always because in the past, we always used the word smart for everything, smart cities, smart healthcare, smart something. Um, intelligent is, a, is, is the same. It's, it means for me, use the technology which creates um, the best value nowadays and not and be smart in the usage and intelligent in the usage, how you build uh, your solutions, 
So I'm not a big fan of the word intelligent smart in that area because at the end it's it's uh, what we always did. We we use smart tech, uh, we use technology to build the solutions we need for the current demand. Um, on cybersecurity, I think the key here is what, what I said before to move away from a traditional approach in the in the um, infrastructure. Uh, you still you still see a lot of investments in firewalls and other things while the biggest challenge we see on the data and application layer. And um, this means we need to change the way how we, how we manage our data, how we um, protect our data, how we manage the access to our data. And what we see in cyber as well is that we see a conversion now that we see the IT and OT space. Um, we, we're in the, if you talk, uh, if you talk about uh, production environments, about um, hospitals, about um, um, a lot of areas where you see the production critical infrastructure is growing together with the IT, which is a new challenge for cybersecurity as well, where we need to think different. We cannot think in in IT, OT, and um, uh, or hospital IT and non-hospital IT. It's all come together. So you need to have an end-to-end -end approach for cybersecurity. And also, do you have to, uh, intelligent means? Don't forget cybersecurity when you start a new project. Incorporate cybersecurity from day one of a project plan. Don't do it afterwards because if you want to do it afterwards, you're 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 lost already. So intelligent here means um, think cyber first as soon as you start to design a transformation. So that's for me the intelligent part here. And of course, you need a lot of technologies to support that. The threat landscape is changing massively, um, and cyber uh, cyber criminals they have in fact it's one of the most profitable business out there. It is still there. the The risk of um, being uh, being caught is is um, at the end of being uh, jailed is pretty low, and so the the um, it's very attractive for the people with the right with the right sorry with the wrong motivation to do that. And um, therefore, you need also measures to not only to protect, but also to detect the, the, the cyber attacks before they impact the business and the people steal the, your, your, your data. So that's, that's a component to, be, to move from a yeah, protection to the, to the proactive cybersecurity approach in that area. And um, the last item you raised is the intelligent business, which is for me, it's a little bit for, uh, for me, think about the future. If you talk about um, about um, healthcare or sports, sp let's go to sports. Today, in sports, uh, also sports depends on data. We are we, we need data to analyze um, how to improve the performance of, of the people. Um, we need data to improve the way how we structure the the traffic flows for large sports events. Um, a lot uh, we need to, we can use chatbots um, to help um, automate a lot of, um, uh, of processes in hospitals, for example. We are working with some of the hospitals to, to use chatbots to, to, to manage the, the incoming uh, calls, to manage the flow of the people, to bring the people to the right direction in the hospital, to find the people, etc., to find the right treatments. It's, it's very important that, that we are open for new ideas in that area to use artificial intelligence, for example, to, to handle that. Um, uh, the, the voice recognition capabilities are fantastic 
nowadays and the systems can do it even better than we can do it sometimes uh, and um, and therefore it's it's all around creating smart solutions creating value based on all the other technologies we have around that and um, and that's for me the the the, the fascinating part about um, intelligent business um, customer experience is a key differentiator nowadays for companies if you don't have the right um, approach toward that um, the clients uh, in, in the past we said the, 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 the competition is just one click away and that's the reality we really have to to, to prepare how we can build the maximum um, customer retention how we can build the customer service around that um, how to use the data in a way that we can tailor the our offerings and uh, solutions for the client I think that 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 are areas we need to touch base uh, on top of uh, of of solutions for specific industries like um, in, in combinations uh, with cybersecurity, for example, if you if you have a car today, it's a it's a driving data center. You have 100 million lines of code in a in a car. It's more than in a in a in in a in a jet. You have um, you have a lot of uh, interfaces. Um, this needs to be protected. You have connect connectivities and communication with the outside world. So that means you will combine a connected car with in-car security, which is an important uh, topic here as well. And because no one wants to drive a car which will be hacked and then they hit the wall. Uh, so therefore, you need to combine the, the technologies in a smart way. I want to have an intelligent car, but I want to have a safe car as well. So it's a, it's, it's a direction in which we are heading. So a lot of to uh, hot topics in that area, and, it's a, and a lot of broad topics as well. Um, the, 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 the item is for us how we can create in this transformation the trust that the people will really embrace the change related to that. And that means, at the end, how we protect the the personal data and the data itself, and it's all back to that. So again, a long answer. No, 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 it's, it's great. And I think it's important because I think some of these topics, you cannot just go on the surface, you need to go deeper. So on the, the point that you mentioned before, but I want to touch that, and I know that you are working a lot on that and your company. So when you talk about Society 5, 5.0, and yeah. of course, we talk about smart cities, infrastructure, smart societies. Um, so you touch using technology to improve and empower cities and communities. And I know that this is critical because we all live in cities in the world more and more. And of course, our cities are becoming increasing technology infrastructure as well, or lack of technology infrastructure. Probably the ones that have lack are the ones that are going to be laying behind. Yeah. So how, how, what kind of solutions are you working in? And that's a, as well, what kind of... Um, uh, ideas that are behind this technology and the solutions and you you talk you mentioned one thing that is critical is that is people and empowering people and as well to to come with technology is just one thing you need to make sure that people use the technology correct so how do you handle this complexity and as well the solutions you built for this so so so, so let's start with the with with one thing that seems to be simple but it's it's relevant um we see now in big cities a problem of how to manage a traffic flow in an efficient way without running in traffic um, and smart mobility and smart cities in combination here. How to use, for example, um, 
the, the, the data you gather in a, in, in a city to optimize the flow of the traffic. And I don't speak about cars only. I also speak, of, I also speak about pedestrians to, to avoid um, critical hotspots in that area because you can uh, monitor pretty, pretty smartly, um, for example, how crowded will be a tube um, based on the on the on the flow of the of the pedestrians, and you see how many people will arrive there. You can see if you need additional additional trains, maybe, or you need a different sequence to optimize that in the future. So I think um, smart cities also means smart mobility concept in that area to combine the the, the traditional, let's call it cars, public transportation, and pedestrians in a way. That you um, that you enable the people to move from from place A to B with a, with with less impact on the on the flow and the minimum risk as well. That's the other thing. You can identify hotspots to avoid areas where you see or saw more accidents on the data. What you need for that is of course a kind of surveillance. And I always speak about anonymous data, etc. Um, for me, as I said before, for me it's important that we avoid the, the uh, a kind of overlish um, um, state where you monitor the people and um, all the stuff, but you can do counts of people. You can see um, how many people move from A to B, how many people are in a in a train, in a in 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 a bus, and whatever you use to optimize the traffic flows. But to do so, you need the data, and then you need the artificial uh, artificial intelligence or algorithm. I'm always a little bit. Um, we have to be careful if you talk about smart algorithms or if you speak about real, um, let's call it unsupervised machine learning where the system and develops their own um, next generation of, of, of intelligence. I speak about smart algorithms using the data to optimize um, the, 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 the mobility in a city. That's one example where I think it's very important that we improve technology and incorporate technology and it, re it requires a lot of co um, communication. Um, if you want to, to have a seamless communication, you, le you need, for example, the basic is infrastructure again. You need good wireless networks. You need the people want to, to communicate all the time, but you need also the hotspots to gather the information. So it's, it's a combination of that. So smart infrastructure is a foundation here. Another important point for a smart society is healthcare. I spoke, I spoke um, before about they, the aging society. That means we have a challenge how we can take care of our um, old people in a very, um, how to say, we, we don't have enough, uh, enough bandwidth in a lot of uh, hospital areas. We don't have enough people who take care of the, 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 the old people. They don't have enough communication because our society, we have so only a few young people and a lot of old people. We need to find solutions to support them that they can live longer, for example, at home, supported by um, robotics, for example, doing the housework for the people, by supporting them in communications to have, um, in, in Japan, it's, it's, it's more accepted, for example, to use robots to have communications smart robots with, a, with, with strong communication skills. It's different in Germany. In Germany, the acceptance of robots to communicate with robots is not at the same level as it is in Japan. But we need to, to, to invest in that area. That's for me, um, augmented reality, robotics, and communications, which is important also for, the, for, for, for taking care 
of the of the aging society and keep the people also mind fit in that area because if you don't share and if you don't communicate it's hard for to to, to stay fit and um, hospital other areas we see more and more robotics moving into the hospital in surgeries we see um, artificial intelligence used in the areas that we um, use it for x-ray analytics we use it for um, um, to, to cancer screenings for skin cancers, et cetera, where the pattern recognition of, uh, of, uh, of the artificial intelligence is, is way better than what we can do as a, as, a, um, as a human being, because you can compare more on a global level and see what is normal, what is anormal. And then you use the doctor on the next level after you have already eliminated the false positives and focus on the, on the real critical things. So, we have a lot of things where, where we can create values, um, smart agriculture. Oh, there's tons of things to discuss how to build smart agriculture, how we can um, optimize the limit. And you, you mentioned before um, uh, building a city in Africa, water is a limiting factor. You need to be smart how to, to, to manage um, um, the, the fields there in a way that the crop will, be, will, will grow to, to the expected level. You can use artificial intelligence to do that. NTT, for example, implemented in Japan a smart agriculture plant for 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 um, rice to build smart rice um, uh, fields and plants. So it's 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 very important in a broad area there. Um, but last but not least, mm -hmm. I think it's all about the. Um, the way to think what is the, the most burning issue in the society to focus technology on that and sometimes do baby steps instead of going for the big bang because if you do it step by step you create acceptance returning to the example um, of the healthcare um, there's there's always a debate should i share my data with the rest of the people if you use the skin uh, detection, uh, the, the skin cancer detection, you need a lot of data because artificial intelligence, the system is stupid without data. You need a lot of data to teach the system to recognize what is wrong or what is right. And, um, but that requires that we share data with the others. And um, uh, that's, that's an important point that we create small solutions where people see the benefit like increasing the probability to detect skin cancer before it impact my my personal life and to do so to enable the overall detection capabilities i have to share some of my data in an anonymous way with the rest of the society to create a value for the society and that's and that's what i like about the society 5.0 sort always think about how the technology can create a value and then think about the steps you have to implement to use the digital transformation and digital capabilities to um, um, onboard all the people because digital transformation requires the buy-in of the people and will they will the buy-in will happen if they see a value for themselves and that's a that's a key uh, key challenge and therefore sometimes it's better to do smaller steps instead of going for the big band to get the acceptance because everyone including myself will immediately say of course i share my data if the probability that i will be 
not impacted by cancer will increase. But if I tell the people, we need your data because we will work on a health system, why you want my data? It's always, you have to explain what is the benefit. Come from this end instead of the technology side. Um, there is a big debate in, 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 in Germany about um, how, what kind of data we should share. Should we, um, uh, should we be, uh, should it be mandatory to share data? It, it's, you will find no acceptance for something like that. You can find an acceptance if you people understand what is the benefit, what's in for me. And that's for all, for all areas. If you, if we speak about smart agriculture, a lot of people will be threatened because they see their jobs will maybe disappear. If you do automate autonomous watering systems and other things, maybe my job will be not there. If you have only harvest system, but also for rice, which is pretty complex, what is my job in the future? Because we don't have only high technology people in, 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 the, in the society and we have to get everyone on board and find a future role for the people as well. So society 5.0 is more than technology. Completely, and I think you touch a very important point. And I think um, <clears throat> going to COVID-19, I think this is going to be coming, I think what happened in the last couple of months, which is very fast. If you see most of the crises normally take one year, two years and more. And of course, in the space of two months, we had more destruction, especially in financial and economical areas than actually probably in the last 100 years. So. And of course, the COVID-19 is, is as well increasing the need for digital transformation, but as well showing, like you said, the importance of change management and the importance of how to make people to adhere to this kind of uh, complexities of technology. So I know that your company is particularly focused on this. And as well, I know that Germany is one of the countries that have been managing better all the COVID-19 as a whole. So could you tell us how you look at COVID-19 as a way to accelerate a lot of things you mentioned in society 5.0 and as well the infrastructure areas? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, so, so first of all, um, I, I think in the, in the current time, it's not, um, it's not, I'm not sure if it's the right word to use accelerate and use uh, COVID for, an, uh, for acceleration. It's a, you know, it's, it feels wrong, honestly. But, in, yeah, in but, reality, but one thing, sorry to interrupt, but it's interesting, just one thing. For instance, I was looking at data, and for instance, uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but for instance, the, the COVID-19 accelerate from like 5-10% of digital transformation in most of the companies, for instance, to work remotely, to 40 to 50%. Absolutely. So this is a massive, uh, it's, angle. It's, massive. it's also that level, it's the, it's the reality of the number. It's a reality, it's a reality. But um, I, it, and it, it's definitely it's definitely supporting the digital transformation and the the way um, the the people accept working in a more virtual environment. So um, I can see it in our own company. We have adapted pretty fast to um, to move to nearly eighty percent remote work in NTT Germany at the moment. We have eighty ninety in some areas. Um, so we really, they, where we have not even considered internally to move to, a, uh, to uh, different forms of collaboration, even we did it. And we saw that kind of adoption rate is really going up. I'm completely with you. But um, we really see that um, working from home, working remote, working in a virtual collaboration, using different types of um, tools, highly accepted nowadays. And to a, to a, to a level, 
no one has, has seen before. On the other hand, we also saw with the COVID-19, the limitations of the, um, we see in, in our companies, but also in the, in the society, where we are not ready for the digital transformation to the, to the level as expected. We always talked about, um, yeah, education systems have to be more digital, more modern, modernized. You see the, the measures, uh, you see education, I have kids in school and see each single day how far we are away from the, from the vision we always try to achieve and the reality. Um, giving lessons virtually has not worked pretty well, honestly. We struggled with that in Germany, we struggled. So uh, because why? The digital infrastructure was not there. It was not there. The, the teachers have not been prepared back to the people because the, maybe the, the, the idea was there, but the technical capabilities have not been there. How to use different types of communications, if it's the WebEx teams, et cetera, um, uh, training for the people, whatever. And um, I see um, that the companies have invested quickly and responded quickly to the COVID challenge. They invested in IT environments, in collaboration environments, um, and the workforces have, have uh, moved into, into remote working. So we also saw that the bandwidth requirements went up, of course. Um, that was at the beginning a struggle, but then with all the video conferencing systems and everyone in parallel and video conferencing, the, the, we saw challenges and the companies pulled together their, 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 um, their act pretty fast to keep the business operating. And I think that's a demonstration of what technology really can do if it's required. Now, back to the other, uh, on the other hand, we saw also that um, new threats have arisen, with like the cyber threats. A lot of people, in, uh, cyber criminals, jumped on the bandwagon to, to cite the opportunity to get more, um, uh, to, to, to earn more money and even impacting hospitals at that time. And that has demonstrated that cybersecurity is also not at the expected level if you move to, uh, in the, uh, to, to, to the um, digital transformation in, with such a speed. So it opened the door for the future and everyone who was not prepared today will be prepared for the future. Because as you said, the speed of the pandemic spreading was um, caught most of the companies and, and, and countries by surprise. And now a lot of companies have been surprised. They have responded. They have responded with the, with the adoption rates of, of um, yeah, new means of collaboration and communication. Uh, but it also it, um, it it made very transparent that we need to invest in a more structured way. Now it was I call it more tactical, biotechnology to survive the crisis. In the future, what I what I would expect is a more structured approach towards the digital transformation. I think the door is now way more open than ever before, uh, because people understand that they have to adapt, they have to change. I always say, be quick or be dead, adapt or die. Four out of 10 companies who are not um, investing in digital transformation uh, now already to a, to a high degree of the leading companies will, will disappear in the future. So that was always a threat for the companies, but, but now they really feel it, you know, that's a difference. So I think um, we see an increased adoption 
and digital technologies. We see an increased adoption in cloud. We see an, in, um, an increased adoption in, in uh, automation all around the place to, to, to scale up with the demand you have for different, uh, in, in different areas. And um, we see, of course, that, that the investments in, in, in cyber will continue. Um, I think it will be not normal anymore. What was normal before will be not normal after the pandemic. We will see a lot of these changes and the, and the digital transformation will definitely accelerate. Um, the um, remote working will be the normal, let's put it that way. It will be the normal and our, our business has to adjust to that. And um, so looking at the changes of the, of the last months, I really saw a lot of um, changes in the mind, uh, um, um, mind changing uh, decisions in some companies who have never thought about working remote. Now it's normal. So, and um, if we now can move in a situation where we combine the tactical approach with a strategic direction, and that's a management task, let's put it that way, that's a management task, to build a strategy around that. Um, a lot of uh, IT managers want to move in digital transformation before, but they have been Investments have been not um, freed up, etc. in some areas. So now I think this door is open. But it's, it's also, um, we have to be careful not to move to a uh, technocentric approach again and use it, the, the, techn the technology we have. We should also think what is our strategy behind that. And that's valid for companies, but it's valid as well for, for, for the state, for the health systems, etc. We need a strategy behind that and not only a technology. And um, I think digital transformation will come faster than ever before. I'm with you. Um, and we will see, uh, and we will see an, an, an adoption unparalleled, unbelievable. I would have not considered it moving so fast in January when the new year started. Uh, so it's a, it was always a fight to get the projects approved, uh, approved and move on because the, the normal for us, as it, because we all are human beings, it's a change is not always a positive thing from a, we, we, we like stable a stabi a stability. We like what we have seen in the past and moving away from, from well-known patterns is um, not easy. I think we all know that from home. If you change something in your house, it's always a little bit uncomfortable for a while. And then after a while, you cannot imagine how, how, how was it before? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, like, um, it's, it's like automation in, the, in your house, in, in your garden. Yeah. It, it's a good it metaphor. Worked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked very well before, but now I really, I really like it. <laughs> I really like it, but it's, it's a different story. So for me, I think um, the transformation will, will, will um, change. The way how we will operate will change. And the business strategy will adapt faster than before. So fantastic. And I completely believe And I like especially the emphasis you are putting in the, uh, the process of having strategy beside, behind, behind the technology and as well having people's uh, process because that's a big challenge right now. So 
um, and to wrap up because we passed already one hour, but I want to touch two oh, really? questions. Yeah, so it's been going fast. Uh, so two things right now that I want to touch. So <clears throat> we touched a lot in cybersecurity, but uh, I do. I think there was one thing that you touched that very few people are talking. Why cybersecurity? First of all, cybersecurity is an invisible uh, track uh, thread because people are not seeing how impactful it is and for instance uh, most of the studies say that the global cost will exceed six trillion by 2021 yeah. and for instance the um, both the the interpol and the cia and most of the the big uh, intelligence agencies are talking about the risk special for healthcare and a lot of other things but you touch one part that uh, i think it's important to highlight so of course you are building intelligence cybersecurity inf infrastructure and like you said this needs to be in the context of a digital te technology strategy because if you don't have if you have a cybersecurity without the rest it doesn't yeah. work but I, you touch as well the the point that a lot of people get away with that or get even with that so can you touch that angle from your experience as well, working with big organizations and as well in a major multi-billion dollars company that is focused a lot in, in research and development? Because that's a very important thing as well for everyone. Yeah, it, uh, let's make it um, uh, an, an example. We see um, ransomware was one of the hot topics in the, in, the, in the past two years, I would say, because it was easy to earn money. And there's even in the dark web, you find um, service providers who offer a ransomware as a service offerings where you can buy ransomware. Um, you just use a technology toolkit and put your ransomware uh, applications together. They, it will be executed as a service. And at the end, you have a kind of revenue sharing model or something as a service. So you don't, you don't even know have to have the technology expertise. You can even if you just have the criminal um, yeah, intention, you can build something for yourself and create um, uh, a business out of that. On the other hand, um, and, and it's hard to, uh, to, to be caught on that side, just to be clear, it's very hard to be caught. Um, a lot of companies are not really prepared for that type of attacks. That means um, we recently, uh, last year, I think we launched a, a survey and we found out that 37% of the companies are um, would prefer to pay ransom instead of investing in, in a preventive cybersecurity um, strategy. Because they, they consider, as you said, it's a hidden threat. And there was always a thought, it will not impact me, it will be the others, not me. So that means um, if you don't move away from the, uh, from the perception that it will not impact you, and you are not preparing for the for the threat. It's easy for the cyber criminals to, to to get on you. That's the first thing which is very important. And I have been in a lot of situations where clients have they had no backups, they had no no preparation for for ransomware attacks at all. They had no crisis management, nothing ready for that. And um, you know, in in uh, for, for ransomware, one thing is important: backup, backup, backup. So that you have a that, that you can jump back on a on a on a on a uh, on a version which is not impacted at that time, and the other thing is important: being ready to pay is for me sending the wrong signal to the cyber criminals because that means there is a business. It's better to prepare and not paying. Of course, it's easy to say there is always a certain level of business risk where you consider oh. Um, I need to protect my business as well. So never say never, but the, 
I, I think I'm aligned with most of the cyber cyber security experts who say don't pay, repair, and patch, 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 and backup, backup, backup. So that's not not as not highly sophisticated, but the reality. On the other hand, uh, it's important to 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 build uh, a cybersecurity early warning system so they see threats before they impact your business. And that's back to technology. It requires a lot of artificial intelligence as well. Because if you want to see who's attacking you, you need to detect, you need to, to have a system to see the attackers already approaching your company before they really are in your, uh, before they get into your network. That's, a, that's an important point as well, because you don't want them in your network for, for a period. And I talked to one of the, uh, one of the hackers um, for a while, a while ago, and he said, if I'm in, I just need one hour or two hours, and then I'm fine, I have what I need. So your time to respond is pretty short. And, uh, and then they're gone, they're gone, and they have what they had, or they still stay there and see what they can find next time. So it's very important that you have a smart solution which detects all anomalies, all potential attacks, and in the best case, also have a data, and you have to teach the system to recognize that before um, from, a, from a pool of intelligent um, data points to identify this guy could be an attacker, this is an attack vector I have to consider without telling the system what you have to look for. It needs to be automated. A smart threat intelligence um, deep, uh, works with smart data and smart algorithms to do that, to, to predict an attack before impact your company. That's a, I can only recommend to the companies, do the patching, do the homework, do the preparation, don't think you are not impacted, and also work on a smart solution to, to, uh, and pre-warning system that you detect the attackers early enough. And the cyber criminal is, um, there's, there's such a massive market out there for the services, as I said before. And if you see what, what can be delivered nowadays, what kind of services you can buy, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit shocking with the, because my moral compass is a different one. So I, I always struggle with that approach, um, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a brutal business uh, model. And I had a discussion in an interview with one of the former president of, the, uh, of a police in Germany, and he said the margins in cybersecurity is better than um, we're dealing with drugs. So uh, uh, he said, that, and the risk profile is lower. And that's the, and that's the um, situation where, where we are in, and therefore cybersecurity is essential, and the companies have to prepare. That's, Sorry, uh, I'm passionate actually, about no, that, but it's... No, 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 this is actually, I, I think this is not highlighted enough. I think people, like you said, they prefer to, 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 to clean the mess and try to hide, <laughs> but it's, it's a very important thing. So to wrap up, and I think in conscious of the, the length of the fantastic insights, there's a lot of things here that we will put as well notes and things like that. But so the last question I have, and, and as well, you touched part of this is the future vision. And it starts with the present, but how do you see a vision special being a leader in one of the global companies in technology? 
but as well a person very focused on society and change. And I love as well, particularly that you have the tradition of 120 years uh, history. Yeah. So that you went for a lot of, and, and history changes, but a lot of things repeat itself. So how would be your future present vision that you highlight as well as a leader and as a, a technology? Uh, in, in, in related to the society, to, to our business, to general, uh, technology. I think it's, wow. this is for you. The interview oh, is with you. <laughs> no, no, but it's somewhere oh, indoors. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, I, I think we will see um, a future which will be completely data and technology driven in the future. So our dependency on technologies will increase, but also we will move from a technology to value technology discussion in the future. And that's for me, it's not a vision. It's also something I, I consider as very relevant. We will see also that technology discussions will converge with ethical discussions. What should we do? What should we not do? So. The, we will see a, a revival of the philosophy to a certain degree. What is good, what is bad? And, and by the way, I love that discussion. And that's another um, thing. And, and by do, having this discussion on various levels in the, in the society and in the business, um, combined with a discussion about sustainability, I'm a very, a very positive thinking person. Um, that we will move into a society which will be enabled by smart technology, smart connectivity, um, and create an ethical value for us all that will create uh, that, that will will help us to build a, um, a strategy that will also help our kids. And that's my that's my vision for myself. I want to build a society and a, and a business and an environment where my kids can live and my kids' kids can live as well. So it's a little bit of vision, absolutely, but I think technology will play an incremental important role to secure the future of our planet and our, of our kids. So that's maybe a little bit long-term vision, but I think we have to go step by step and step in that direction. Without a technology supporting sustainability, we will not achieve that. And that's for me um, a clear vision. And maybe some people would call it, I'm a dreamer on that, but um, I'm happy that we are part of that journey, that we can contribute to that journey. And um, from a personal feeling, a personal perspective, that's important for me because it, we create value for the society. I can create value with the company I'm working for. And the vision of entity is of course, you know, our logo is the infinite loop, it's called. The infinite loop uh, means we get information from society. We take information, we take data, we create technology and bring it back to society. And the iteration starts from, from again. It's we take and we provide to the society. And that's an important uh, point. And, um, I'm, I'm highly interested in a lot of technical technical discussions about uh, should we talk about singularity? Should we talk about AI taking over, etc.? You know, I like the dystopies. Um, um, I read a lot of science fiction in younger years and all the things. But I think if we manage in a smart way, the technology will create massive benefits, more benefits 
than risks for us. And um, we do, we're having the right discussions at the moment. We are talking about the um, about the um, ethical AI. We talk about how we can use robotics in a smart and uh, a way without um, creating problems for society. So I think we do the right things in most of the countries. And um, of course, you can always use technology for the uh, for, for for bad things as well. I'd, um, you can use artificial intelligence to to create a, a state which monitors each single um, person. But I think overall the society is beyond that, and people will not accept that. So I think we are we are on the right track here. Of course, it will be a journey for the next decades. But it's a it's a long term journey. It's not it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So I think it, it, the Fantastic. question is too broad to answer in a few seconds. No, no, no. no. I think I think it's a, it was a top level, and I think you answered fantastic. And I think with the we always try to finish with hope. And I think as business leaders, like you said, I love the idea of infinity loop. And I think it's yep. a great way to, to wrap up because, of course, like we could go for hours discussing about all the challenges, no one, and we are and actually right in the future. So you touched it very well. So, <clears throat> so I would like to thank you for this fantastic interview and as well a lot of great insights. We're going to put a lot of notes and links to your profiles and to as well to NTT because of the idea of these interviews. Um, and uh, in, 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 in behalf of our organization and all the people involved, thank you so much and uh, wish you all the best. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a great time.